This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. The life that you've always wanted. Last week we talked about that. We talked, and I'll just go briefly and quickly because I will give you a heads up just so you can begin to prepare your hearts and allow uh, Jesus to um, allow Jesus to, to work in your heart and your decision-making process. At the end of my sermon, I will ask for a response. If you come to our church regularly, it's very rare that we ask people for a response. I think the last time we actually had a response to the front was in September when my friend Anthony Saladino spoke. So it's not something that we ask on a regular basis. You responding or not responding to the front doesn't give me an adrenaline kick or doesn't depress me, uh, depending on the response. I, I, don't, um, I, I don't play that game. But at the end of the sermon, I do think that we all have to make a decision. And so if you bear with me, I'm only giving you a heads up because some of you are processors and you need time to process. So I'm trying to give you as much time to process as possible. The life that you've always wanted. Uh, we talked about uh, what that actually means. You know, do you, are we living the life that God has destined for us? Are, are, are we there? And we talked about last week about uh, how to give gifts. And remember last, last week I told you about one of the gifts I gave my wife was a volleyball. Sadly, I, I built it up to, she thought it was going to be a ring, a diamond ring, and uh, when she opened the box, it was this volleyball. Uh, the point I was making last week is that, uh, and I, I am being vulnerable, is that I didn't really, really know what my wife wanted. I had a kind of idea, but I was just kind of guessing. You know, she likes to play volleyball, so I thought that would be cool. Uh, one year, I bought her... Uh, a cereal bowl. I also thought that was cool. You know, after a few years of uh, dating, uh, being married to my wife, she asked me a question. Do you know what color eyes I have? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, bluish? She goes, no, and they're hazel. They're green and brown. I didn't know. One year I gave her a mixer. Then, then slippers. And finally, this past year, I listened intently because I used, to, I used to make the excuse, honey, I have no clue what to get you. I would say that all the time. I have no clue what to get you. I don't know what kind of style of clothes I should get you. I have bought clothes, all been returned. But the fact of the matter is, it's because I didn't really spend enough time figuring it out. Because she kept saying to me, I am easy to buy for. And I would say, no, you're not. And we would have this constant argument. And hence, I'd buy the volleyball or the, the mixer or the cereal bowl. And the point we were making last week is that what gift does God want from us? Some people might think it's just church attendance or 
or it might be, you know, leading a, a group or doing that. And those are all fantastic things. But is it really what he wants? Now, if you were here last week, I did uh, give my wife what she really wants, which is this guy right here. That's who she wants. And so uh, I'm, I'm flying her and myself out to Madrid, Spain at the end of February. Um, and what she really wants is to watch uh, a game called El Clasico. And it's a big game, Madrid versus Barcelona. And we're going. But basically, we talked about Romans 12.1 says that he wants us. He wants us. It says here in the beginning, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourself. To offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And too many of us were just so busy doing things, and I've been busy being a good husband and doing this. But I never really sat down and listened to my wife's heart on what gift to give her. At the, the messy thing is the one that she really wants, and I finally listened. Um, we have a video I won't show you, but she literally cried from the gift of, that I gave her with joy. It's taken me 31 years. Uh, she's cried before, but not in joy, okay? Um, so... That cereal bowl we still have in our house, just to remind me. She doesn't remind, but I remind myself, don't do that again. Romans 12.1 says he wants us. Romans 12.2 says what? That we, if we tap into God's life, love and life, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what we talked about, the renewing of your mind, what we just saw a video of that he had a different mindset. It's not about going through the motions. In soccer, he mentioned it, in soccer practice, we never say practice makes perfect. Practice makes permanent. Whatever you're doing, it's just permanent. If you're doing it wrong, it's just gonna be permanent. And that's why I tell anybody, don't ever golf uh, and figure it on your own. Get lessons, get the mind thing up front. But it's hard to undo it. It's hard to undo bad habits because you've practiced the wrong way. And next thing you know, you just can't break it. And even though Charles Barkley hit that ball beautifully, he still has that awkward swing. Romans 12.3 is basically, for by the, uh, the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Have a sober, sober, as we hear, assessment, self-assessment. Have you assessed yourself? It's one of the biggest challenges is that Jesus talks about how easy it is to see the speck in somebody's eye, but man, we struggle to see the beam, the log in our own eye. Is this the life you've always wanted? Now, we st now you're caught up, and one of the questions I have for you is if you could have done it by yourself by now, you would have done it by now. We talk about Route 66, you've been getting emails, it's on our website. It is a way to hold each other accountable as we go through this journey of getting a better, broader view of the scriptures. Many of you have signed up, but let me challenge you to sign up. There's two types of signs up, is that you can sign up, hey, yes, I wanna be part of the group, and we'll send you an email. The second one is that you're part of this class, and the class is the accountability. If you could have done it by yourself by now, you would have done it by yourself by now, but the class is, a second step, and it's gonna tell us, I'm the teacher, 
but I'm gonna do it myself, that you actually watch the video, the whole thing. Every blue moon, I'll throw in a question in the video. It'll actually, it'll pop up on your video when you see it, if you sign up for the, account, the class. You can watch the videos on YouTube by yourself. No one will know. We just, but if you wanna be held accountable, this is the way to do it, and we'll send you the emails. We start tomorrow, but you have all week to, uh, to catch up. If you'd have uh, done it by yourself, you would have done it by now. A couple of weeks ago, months ago, we talked about how to make decisions. We talk about, and I've had to ask myself this, this week again, is it wise? Is it wise? Not can I afford it, but is it wise? Is it wise? I just kind of this mantra in my mind, Lord, is this what's best for you? When we make decisions, a couple of things are begin to, to, to go through our minds, our, our head, is that we want to know uh, what the truth is. Okay, so, uh, if some of you know, I'm, I'm leaving the compound of iPhone world, Apple world, I'm leaving. Okay, I know I got like 10 shaking the heads. Uh, you guys don't know that you're blind, all right? I've been set free. I've been set free. Um, it's been a challenge. I've, I've, I went on Facebook and I asked people for their opinions, and boy, I got everybody's opinion. And my family is very strong, strongly embedded in the compound, all right? And so, but again, you begin to seek out truths and find out what the truths are, and then you, you f- try to get some knowledge about what's the best decision I should make. And then there is a step of faith, isn't there? So three days ago, I took that step, faith. I don't know yet till I get my phone, but I switched phones. But truth, knowledge, and faith. I'm gonna tell you a story that my kids do not know. They're gonna, like, they're gonna be shocked and they're gonna be upset. A very long time ago, my wife and I were yard sailing and uh, at a very rich neighborhood. We sometimes go to Sarasota to visit family and Robin likes to go to the thrift stores down there and yard sailing because the people are loaded down there. If you've never been to Sarasota, it's loaded. Um, only second to West Palm Beach, and West Palm Beach is loaded. Okay, but Sarasota's pretty loaded. So we, we came across this yard sale, and we were young, and we didn't know a lot. And we came across this box of games, Nintendo games. It was a whole box. And, of course, our kids were about that age, a little bit older. We probably still had the consoles for uh, this games. So on the box, it's 250 bucks. Normally Robin shops at yard sales with quarters, okay? And we had to make a decision. We kind of rummaged through that. We're trying to find out what the truth and the knowledge is and maybe about 100 games and 250 bucks in those days for us and still even today it wasn't something that we would just, you know, open up the wallet for a box of old games. So my wife and I, we, we, uh, we talked about it, we deliberated, and then we said, no, thank you. We walked away, and then um, that person uh, had a yard sale later on, and Robin, again, anytime we visit, you know, she yard sales, and I went back to the house where this yard sale happened. And it turns out she asked, Hey, whatever happened, did anybody ever buy that box? And he said, yes. This, this college student saw a couple of games, and he thought, here's some truth. 
here's some knowledge, but he didn't have the money. So you know what he did? This is what the person told uh, Robin. He went and sold his iPad Nano and uh, his, I think it was his Nextel phone. Went to a pawn shop and pawned it and got the $250 to buy the box. And the reason I'm telling you the story, because if it was you know, $5 worth of box, you would probably, okay. But really, uh, and it's on, uh, we can verify the story. It's on that website. I'm sorry, the, the font's pretty small. I'll send it to you. $25,000 worth of toys or games in the box. So my wife and I, we looked at a box. We saw, two, uh, we saw the big price of 250 We saw a couple games. We just assumed they weren't worth much. We had some knowledge of the game world, and we had some faith, but not that kind of faith to take a step. So we didn't, and we lost out $25,000. I'm sorry, my wife's a little upset. I mean, my daughter's upset right now. We never told them because we were so embarrassed. We were so embarrassed that we didn't make that, we didn't take that risk. We didn't have enough faith to take that risk. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus also talks about this parables, and he tells a story, and if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak in parables? And he says this, now listen, if I were you, I would look at your phone if you're looking on the Bible, and I believe your app has the possibility to highlight. I would highlight certain things that I'm about to read. He replied, because the knowledge, we're talking about knowledge, of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Some people have knowledge, some people don't. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And this is why I speak in parables. Jesus is giving us some clues. So here's a parable. Look what he says. It goes on. It says in verse 14, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will, ever, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. I don't want to be in that camp. Some people will, will be able to see but never perceive. And in verse 15, for people's hearts have become calloused. For this, people's heart has become calloused. Please begin to do an assessment of your life. Are you hearing but not understanding? Are you seeing but not perceiving? Is your heart calloused? You know, why didn't I buy that box? Because I didn't have enough knowledge. Maybe it's because I have bought stuff thinking that it was worth something, and it turns out that it wasn't. Anybody do that? Yeah, me too. Look what else it says. They, they hardly hear with their ears because they have closed their eyes. If you've ever been cheated you know, buying something, you think, you know, you bought a car and it's a lemon, you know, all those things. It really can, you have to be careful. 
It can make you callous, right? It can blind you from when it, it's really there, you can't see it because you're basing it based on your past failures or mistakes. And so that is what's making your decision. And there's wisdom in that, but we have to be careful that our hearts aren't callous and our eyes aren't blind. Look what it says. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with the ears, and understand with their hearts. In turn, I would heal them. It's faith. It's not like they get healed and then they can see. It's like they have to trust and have faith, and guess what happens? And they are healed. There's something joyful that's going to happen when you take those steps of faith. Webster Dictionary, I like the word alignment, the act of aligning or a state of being aligned. And I pray that today, I pray that today that you begin, and right now that you'll say, Lord, I want to align my life to yours. Let's read the first parable. In verse, chapter 10 verse of Matthew, verse 44. And I'm going to get to Romans in a second. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy went, and, and, and in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. I would like for you to highlight the word joy. And then in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had. Here's another parable in Matthew chapter 10, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The focus on the parables is what they got, not what they lost. So let me ask you a question. That kid who got the box of games, do you think he laments of losing his iPad Nano or his Nextel cell phone? And of course the answer is no way. Do you think he's crying in his house because he got rid of his iPad Nano? If you go to my house, I think I have like four of them and old iPhones just piling up. The focus of the parable is what they got, not what they gave up. I'm going to just use my kids again over and over again, so it's been like the last couple of days, a uh, couple of weeks I've been doing that. Back in the day, uh, there used to be no Dollar Tree store. I remember that. But we moved to Tallahassee, and there was a dollar store in the mall. And we thought that was the best thing because our kids thought that was the best thing. How many parents know what I'm talking about? The dollar store was the best. And from time to time, we would want to reward our kids. And thank goodness they didn't know better. What would they do? Is like, what do you guys want to do for a reward? Let's go to the dollar store. Let's go to the dollar store. And so, um, so we take them to the dollar store. And they would beeline to the toy section. 
and they would just go and they and grab you know a, a knife or a, a bow and arrow or a sword or jewelry, and you know and they thought what it was the best thing on the planet. Now what happened is that my daughter got a little bit older and Dollar Dollar Tree uh, didn't do it anymore. So we went we went to the flea market. Now, my boys and my daughter, not really, but uh, she never really liked the flea market. Neither did my wife. But we used to go to the flea market to, to again, to reward the boys, especially the boys. Oh, man, they thought it was the best thing ever to find themselves like a ninja star. I mean, if, if I got them a ninja star, I mean, they, they were excited. They would mow the lawn for a ninja star. And we bought quite a few things. <laughs> We bought quite a few things. The only reason I chuckled one time, and Mason's not here, uh, some, we were, they were walking in at the flea market, and some people that frequent the flea market laughed at Mason because they said he wanted to be like um, Justin Timberlake. He was looking like Justin Timberlake, so they laughed at him. It was a very funny scene at the time. Uh, <laughs> and Mason was like, they're laughing at me. But little by little, you know, we would buy certain gifts that weren't very valuable, because I knew that, but were incredibly valuable to them. For years and years and years as a parent, I would hardly ever buy the real deal. I would only buy the knockoffs. You know, we, I would never buy the actual, you know, the, you know, it would be the, the four-stripe Adidas, you know. Uh, the Nike swoosh that was just a little bit off. Uh, you know, we'd go to Columbia, and we would just stock up on, the, you know, the, the knockoff shoes and, and pray to God that nobody would, would know. But they were happy. They were happy. And then my kids grew up some more, and then Melissa's taste changed, and she wanted uh, an Apple phone. And uh, eventually, I relented, and that's where we got into the cult of Apple world. One day, my son got a real rifle. He got a real rifle. And the best thing about that is that he recognized what a real rifle is, that he wouldn't jump for joy going down the Dollar Tree aisle thinking that he got a real rifle when it's only a Dollar Tree rifle. And all my kids' tastes have changed. They've gotten a little bit uh, more expensive. You know, they now know what a real bow and arrow is because we, get, we gave them that. They now know what a real, you know, uh, whatever, because a golf ball or a soccer ball or soccer cleats. Why am I saying this? Again, back to uh, the parables of Matthew, and we're going to see here in Romans is that my kids, when they were young, they did not have a lot of truth. They didn't have a lot of wisdom, but they did have faith. They were excited to receive cheap toys. They, they were excited to receive the fake jewelry. I went to the dollar store last night and I bought some jewelry here. 
Um, if the kids were up here, if the kids downstairs were up here, they would go nuts for this stuff, right? They would run and possibly tackle each other for this stuff. The reason I know that is I've seen it at the parades. One time I got caught up to it and I knocked a kid down for a little bean myself. I bought a whole bunch of these. This used to work for my daughter. Figure, you know, figuratively, this used to work for my, my kids. Still works for Mason a little bit. I'm just kidding. He's not here to defend himself. And I want to challenge you in a second. Too many of us, if not all of us, have settled for a life of fake jewelry. Of fake jewelry. We would rather hold on to the fake jewelry of anger than the real thing of peace. We would, the only reason I mention these things is I don't know, maybe you're like me, these are things I've had to deal with. You rather hold on to the fake jewelry of um, unforgiveness than the actual true jewel of forgiveness that comes. And again, we talked about that peace and that joy. With Facebook, uh, the last 10 years, it seems like people love to lament. They have settled for the fake jewelry of lamenting on Facebook. Woe is me. Now, my niece is here, but I, I hope that she'll never repeat this. But my mom's real name is Dolores. And her means basically uh, suffering or pain. It, 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 the translation loses a little bit in English, but Dolores means to hurt. When I called my mom when I was 18 years old, I was away at college, and I called her on the phone. How are you doing, Mom? And she would lament. And I literally thought when I was 18 years old, my mom would not survive. She will die while I am away. And I literally thought about quitting school and coming back home. This is a hard thing for my mom to understand. We've tried to explain to her. But she has settled for the cheap jewelry of lamenting, hoping that she would find comfort with attention. You know, these things can be comfortable. You put them around your neck. I'm not going to do mine because it might not fit. You know, I didn't know I had a big head until I got married, but now I know. We put on the cheap jewelry of self-pity, woe is me, instead of the gold of I'm blessed. We are blessed. We're like little kids at times, and we think this cheap costume jewelry is worth something. You know why? Because little kids don't know what's what. There's an element of faith that we haven't figured out yet. 
I would rather hold on to unforgiveness and anger because what it does, it brings me some security. It brings control. I have a, it works to get what you want. But Jesus has a different plan for us. He has a different plan for us. He has something different. We just read the parable. Remember, in the kingdom of heaven is like treasures hidden in the field. When the man found it, when he found the real thing, when he found the real thing, he went and gave everything he had up to keep the real thing. The problem is that we sometimes get confused. We don't know what the real thing is. And from a distance, this may look real until you get real close, until you start rubbing it on your teeth and you realize this is fake. We want to hold on to this instead of receiving the joy that comes from trusting in the Lord, that peace, that love. We hold on to things. In chapter 12 of Romans, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, a couple words to underline, offer. Offer your bodies as the living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true spiritual act of worship. I'm almost through. But in the beginning of chapter 1, of, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Offer. It means you're a whole person. We just talked about last week, and I talked about that at Christmas time. What God wants is your whole life, but we're holding on to stuff. You know, I made a, a viral video, if you didn't know. If you didn't know, it's, I'm surprised because I usually tell everybody. Uh, it's a spoof on the song, This Is How I Fight My Battles. And the spoof was me eating desserts. Uh, 9,000 views, not, not a bad first attempt. But why did it resonate with people? I think it is funny, but why is it? It's because we hold on to the, the cheap value of, of somehow, uh, and I get that, you know, somehow of eating versus trusting. The feeling I get from eating is, is holding on to this comfort. But it's cheap. It's not real. You offer your whole self. You know, when uh, Abraham took Isaac to, the, to, be, to be sacrificed, God wasn't looking for a kid to be sacrificed. He was looking for someone who says, I'll, I trust you and I'm going to give you my heart, my whole life. God doesn't need a kid. He needs our hearts. He wants our hearts. He doesn't need it. He wants our hearts. And I had to be careful as I was raising my children that I began to, and there are times where I began to just adore my children. And again, God would always check my heart. Idols are cheap jewelry, cheap, it's cheap knives. It could be our ego. It could be your money or lack of money. You hold on to the lamenting of lack of money and, and it's, it's just, you put it on, man. And it feels good. It gives you some sort of gratification. Your job. And all of us have Isaacs. And John chapter 12 says, unless you, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. 
A living sacrifice, let me cruise fast. A living sacrifice, you know what the word living means? Not a one time, it's constant, it's still alive. And we constantly have to sacrifice, give our bodies over to God. Every Sunday, it's every Monday, every Tuesday. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. There is joy that comes into giving of yourselves every day. I'll finish in about three, four minutes. I'm going to tell you something honest. I've shared it before. I know my kids are here, my mother-in-law are here, and may not understand this, but. 31 years we were married, uh, celebrated last week. And I'm here to tell you, it hasn't been easy. On uh, our anniversary, Rob and I, we looked at each other and we're like, how did we get here? By God's grace. But let me tell you another, how we got to 31 years. And we don't get to 62 years by just celebrating what we did first 31 years. It's a living sacrifice. It's alive. There are times where my wife and I, we struggled with sacrifice. But let me just tell you, celebrating and looking back 31 years, I don't regret any of it, because we have received tremendous amount of joy by living sacrificially. I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking about sacrificing our wills. There was a time right after Melise was born, we really struggled. But we made a commitment to Jesus that we're going to be a living sacrifice. And because of that sacrifice, we can now say thank you, Jesus, for Micah and for Mason. If we chose to be selfish, and hold on to this troop costume jewelry, there would be no joy of Micah and Mason. Years later, there was a time where it was very stressful and we wanted to hold on to the cheap jewelry of unforgiveness. And because we chose to live sacrificially, it wasn't easy, hardest thing in the world. And by faith, we trusted God even though we didn't know what was at the other end, we have grandchildren that we absolutely adore. That doesn't just happen. Do you, do you understand? It took sacrifice 15 years ago, a living sacrifice to the Lord. It took, so I had to do something 15 years ago in order to receive something today. And you may not believe me, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm not saying this, and if it wasn't true, I wouldn't tell you. If I would have lived unsacrificially uh, 15, 20 years, 15 years ago, I, I would not know you. And I mean that. Uh, Natalie predates 15 years, but we would know Natalie, but I wouldn't know Jeremy. I would not know Dr. Christopher. I would not know Pete. I would not, I would not know any of you. And truly, I didn't know that you existed 15 years ago. 
but I want to live a life sacrificially unto him, holy. And what I did was I traded in this cheap jewelry of unforgiveness and bitterness and whatever else we were feeling at the time, and God's promise came true. Came true. I get the, I get the pleasure of knowing you. We would not be together if I lived unsacrificially. If I was selfish 15 years ago, we would not be here. It'd just be a wake of whatever. The last thing is spiritual act of worship. Oh, listen, you can't come to God. It says holy. You can't come to God. God will take you as you are, but I'm telling you, he's, he loves you so much, he's not gonna leave you like you are. Amen, aren't you glad? I mean, he took me when I was uh, 18 years old. Aren't you glad that he didn't leave me the same way? Don't say amen too much. I've been sharing stories about my past to my family, and, and uh, I remember telling a story, and one girl came up, and she was like, I'm glad I didn't know you before, because you were a jerk. And I'm like, yes, yes. That's, that's a testimony of God's grace. Testimony of God's grace. The focus of the parable is what they got, not what they gave up. So here's the question I have for you. I'm going to ask Joanne to come up. What are you holding on to? That you know is obviously fake jewelry. You have to do a sober assessment of your life. What are you holding on to that obviously is fake jewelry? You've read the word. Maybe some of you are just like, you're just holding on to um, low self-esteem. You have some truth, but you don't have the whole truth. Okay, you messed up, that's the truth, but it's not the whole truth. You're still a child of God. You still have value. You're holding on to the cheap jewelry of what people think of you or your status, or your financial status, we can go on. I don't have the time to go over the self-cheap jewelry that you're holding on to. But I guarantee you that we're all holding on to something. When you give your life and you say, God, I have some truth. I don't know the whole truth, but Lord, give me some more truth. Lord, give me some knowledge of your word, which today, day, day and age, we should have lots of knowledge. You know, knowledge is not enough. I know some really, really knowledgeable people of the Bible and the Word, but they're far from God. They know the truth. That last part, that faith part. Lord, I don't know everything. This thing feels good. I've gotten comfortable with it. And Lord, I don't really know what's on the other side of that, but 
Lord, I want to take a step of faith. So I'm going to ask you to pray for a second. We're going to sing a song, and then on your own, I'm not going to prod you. I'm not going to try to motivate you to respond. And I'm not naive to think that responding will solve your your idol problems. These are all idolatry. But what it is is the first step. And uh, guess what? I'll be the first one to go, so I'll be the first one to admit that I have, I'm holding on to cheap jewelry. And I'm gonna take this jewelry and I'm gonna just lay it at the altar. But I'm gonna have to do it again tomorrow and the next day, and the next day until it really sets into my heart. So let's just pray now. I'd like for you to respond by coming to the front and just standing, kneeling, whatever you feel. And then I'm not gonna end the service. We're gonna just end it like that. So if you need to slip away, I trust that you're being obedient. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, just talk to us or make it super obvious the things that we're holding on to that are pretty cheap. Lord, we ask for forgiveness that we've given it value higher than what you have in exchange for us. Lord, help us to focus. What we get is walking in obedience, the joy and the peace that you provide. Let's just begin to sing. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com. Thank you.